0: last week had an amazing podcast with Gabe on welcome back to the show and uh I'm I'm walking away I have this beautiful podcast I, I hope you would start with this story so I'm glad I'm glad you're doing so it, this was an amazing podcast it, it, I mean literally top top five episode ever and I have it on my laptop and I'm I'm uh walking down my stairs. And I get distracted because I happen to be on the phone with my mom and carrying a laptop and probably thinking about three other things, and I trip and I fall, and my laptop smashes into our hardwood floor and just cracks all over the place. And you know what happens? Our podcast is lost forever. And I go to the Apple store like we can't help you. They try to hook it up for a screen, doesn't work, and so. uh there goes one of the top five podcasts ever. But today we are redeeming ourselves and we're going to put out the number one podcast on the Jason Cleve podcast ever. This is it right here. High hopes, for, uh, Gabe. <laughs> I have
1: some conflicting information about who you were on the phone with during this fall, by the way.
0: Oh, I, mean, I was on the phone. With, was I on the phone with you?
1: No, so, you were on the phone with Jordan,
0: weren't you? Oh, I was,
1: I was on the phone with Jordan
0: because okay. she knew about it too. Okay. You it was, guys, maybe it was on the phone, Jordan, actually. it's <laughs> Not my mom, actually. I. Yeah, she heard me on the phone, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It literally happened while you were talking to her, which is pretty funny, but <clears throat> I can only imagine. You also mentioned that you dented the floor and I need to, I want to clarify. Did you dent the floor or did the computer dent the floor?
0: The computer dented the floor. I, uh, you know, okay. I, I, I like to think I'm pretty muscular, but I'm not going to dent the floor. The computer put like a divot into my hardwood floor and, um, you know it, this is a good analogy for life. You know, things come up, things happen and it could always be worse. If the worst thing that I had to overcome that morning was spending an hour talking to a buddy of mine and then basically having it just be deleted in 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 the universe and my computer is shot and now I need to go buy a new one, it is what it is. There could be many more worse things. So, I'm not going to not the worst thing. No. <clears throat> uh, but it remember- wasn't you know- It was a good episode. That's it was a good episode.
1: (laughs) It it, it was a good episode. We had a good conversation, and I can't even remember like everything, everything we talked about. But um, we can definitely revisit some of those things this week. Uh, I I remember I lost two podcast episodes when me and Ariel had the podcast early on. But this is because our my computer, my microphone, everything got jacked from our car in San Francisco. Oh, Um, dude, that was a that was a big like welcome to San Francisco moment for us because we had we had just moved. Yeah, we were, like, pretty new to the area. It was, like, our second time going into the city. And sure enough, parked the car in, like, a well-lit, like, main street. We're there for, like, two, three hours. And, of course, like, now, knowing what we yeah. know, it's like, oh, you left your book bag with your computer and stuff in the car. Like, what an idiot. But, yeah, came out. Glass was broken. Such a bummer, man. But, dude. Anyway. You, lesson you know, learned. Buddy, I,
0: I was in the city the other day. and uh I was in the city the other day and uh it, this car had all its windows down had everything just like open and was like and put a note on its on its door like there's nothing to steal in here if the doors are unlocked just don't break my windows and don't like whatever because there there is nothing here for you and I don't you know because I guess they had been broken into multiple times recently it's a, it's pretty sad i think they're trying to do some better things but i was in the city like a week ago or a couple weeks ago and uh Dude, but yeah, not to go off on a tangent about San Francisco. It is one of the most beautiful cities ever, but the homeless issue and just like where you go and having to like worry about your stuff really sucks. The nice thing is my Ford Lightning has a frunk in it. Uh, uh, uh like it has a, that's my, my truck has a, um, trunk in the front. So I could put stuff in there and you can't see it. Um, and I have a tailgate cover.
1: Yeah man, I'm remembering this now, and it was another funny thing that anyone that has any experience with San Francisco would laugh at it. But we called the cops <clears throat> to like report it and they yeah. were like they yeah. were like deadline, they like, buddy. They're they are like, dude, <laughs> you and everyone else, goodbye. They're yeah. like, Can you like send someone to like come like look at it? Do we file a report? Like, what do we do? They are
0: like, No, that's it. There's nothing, there's nothing here for you. I uh we- we'll let you know if we find a <laughs> Dude, uh, I think I told you this the other day, it was pretty cool though. So we were doing a, a, train hard men's club workout at my house and we had 24 people in my garage, which, you know, for a normal two car garage, like I have a lot of gear in my garage for sure. Uh, and I'm very blessed to have a partnership with rogue fitness where, you know, I have basically everything I could possibly want. He's got all the toys. I have all the toys. And to be honest, like, dude, I, I can't even, I ordered in uh, seven new sleds for this upcoming weekend. And I have to store them like on the side of my house. Cause I don't have enough room in my garage. And I guess I could store them at the gym, but then I have to go to the gym to go pick them up. But anyways, and so we had 24 dudes were throwing down and, uh, there was a cop car. So a lot of law enforcement comes over to the house and they left the patrol car running in front of my house with the canine in it. And I, it was great because, dude, we were getting after like a 5.30 blasting music. I just figure like if any neighbor would ever complain, they already figured the cops were already here. So they don't have to, they don't, there's nothing for them to say. So anyways, one of the one of the benefits for having local law enforcement show up to our train hard men's club workouts, now that you're talking about the law enforcement, shout out to Campbell PD. We need you, PD to come.
1: Have you ever had a, a neighbor say anything or, or bring up what you've been doing? I know you haven't been doing it for like a long, long time, and it's not like you guys are you know, pumping music or super rowdy, but it's definitely early and there's a lot of cars and stuff coming in and, and, you know, I know where your house is. It's it's definitely noticeable if there's a bunch of cars coming in. It's not like, you know, you're not
0: on like a super transited street. Yeah. um, No, is the answer. You know, it's interesting. So my next door neighbor comes to it. The other neighbor is like super, you know, he's just low key, um, kind of stays himself. But in general, what I've noticed is like, we were taking up the street doing hill sprints the other day and a neighbor came out and he's like taking away his garbage or whatever. And dude, like when you see a bunch of guys just getting after it, trying to like train hard and trying to like improve their lives, it's kind of hard to get mad at people like uh, in two mornings from now. So on Saturday morning at 6am, uh, we're doing sled sprints in front of the library and we did this same place in for Thanksgiving. And I think we're going to have like 50 guys show up there and when people walk by, it's, it's just, it's hard to get mad at people who are trying to improve themselves. We were doing hill sprints one time and this one woman came up to us. She's like, wow, there's a lot of testosterone going on here, but she didn't necessarily say it was a bad thing. It was just like, I don't know, man. It's not like we're out there like partying. We're, we're playing music because we're, we're trying to improve our lives. So it's never really been an issue and I hope it never does become one, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, that's really cool because, you know, I feel like now people
1: do find some way, shape or form to complain about a bunch of stuff, but you're right. You know, like how could you be mad at what is ultimately a super positive and powerful thing? We've talked a lot about this, the kind of replies that you're getting, the the comments from the guys that show up, um, people that are starting to do this on their own and how powerful it is. So you would hope that no one, could take issue with something that, you know, is obviously so positive and so
0: needed. Um, so that's cool, man. And I hope that that, that continues. The the response on the newsletter have been incredible. So if you listen to this podcast and you're not on our newsletter, you're definitely missing out, but dude, I'm telling you, uh, the one that just, I got this morning was from a a law enforcement officer who has been in it 21 years. And at the end he said, I don't want to get stuck in the concrete. And I was like, I don't want to get stuck in the concrete. I was like, dude, I like that. And we get a lot of good emails coming back. I mean, really powerful emails. But this one like hit me and I was like, don't want to get stuck in the concrete. I was like, what does that mean to me? Right. And when I think about it, it's like concrete. It it starts off. It's wet. Obviously, if you walk through it in the beginning, it's not that big of a deal. You can walk through. It's kind of a mess. But then over time, it hardens, hardens, hardens. And once you're stuck, you like, it's hard to get out, man. Like, it's really hard to get out. And when I think about that never zero mindset, I actually think I'm gonna do a for leap on this. Like never zero means don't get stuck in the concrete because once you start staying in the concrete, it starts to harden around you. It's very hard to get out, but if it was just wet and you just kept moving, you'd be able to get through it really easily. So that was a powerful message. Um, Shout out to the gentleman who sent that to us at the end of his email. I thought that was cool. Like concept. Don't get stuck in the concrete, you know? Yeah, man. I love
1: that. And there's so many different ways that I've like heard and seen this kind of concept come to life, but it all comes down to the same thing. And, and, you know, I encourage people to find whichever version of it really resonates with them. Cause I do think it's so important. Another one that I saw this video that came up on my feed that was um it was actually a, a, a woman's college basketball coach, like giving a speech to her, to, to her team. And I, I, I love the idea. And it was this whole idea. You probably heard this before that, like, we're always waiting for life to get easier and she had a bunch of examples she was like you know you're always like let me just get past preseason and it'll get easier let me get past junior year and it'll get easier because she's talking to you know young kids young students but right you know I feel like everyone can resonate and has said some version of that to themselves, right? Like, oh, it's a busy season at work. Let me just get past that and it'll get easier. Or, you know, hey, like, you know, I have a, a, a toddler, let's get, let's get past the toddler stage and it'll get easier. You know, you can think of a million examples of how we've all, me included, raising my hand, have said this to each other. And it's not that life gets easier. I think of anything like life gets harder, right? There's more responsibilities yeah. that that you have to take care of. You get busier. You know, you're not necessarily as, you know, naturally energized and resilient as you get older. Obviously, you can do things like training to make sure that you create a buffer so that that doesn't fall off. But regardless, it's inevitable, right? Like your body takes wear and tear. Like all these things objectively are going to make life easier as you go. Yeah. However, what you can do is outpace how much harder things are going to get. By training to make it seem easier, right? Like becoming more mentally resilient so that even when you go from balancing, you know, if you look back on it now, it's funny to think like when you were in college, for example, and you thought that like a test coming up or whatever was like the most stressful thing on the planet, right? You were like, oh my God, like this, I can't think of a more difficult scenario. Then you grow up and you're like, you know, you have a kid, you have a job, you have responsibilities, you have like relationships you're trying to maintain. You're like trying to keep a social life. You have a spouse that you want to keep a relationship with. Like, like that's actually hard, right? Like studying for that testing college when you literally thought it was like the end of your life is like, man, those were simple times. And that's just a perfect example of this whole idea that I love that like life's actually just going to get harder. You have to train to outpace how much harder it's going to get. So that it does feel easier as you go, but it never actually gets easier. And I think that it's, it's really powerful to make sure that you're approaching it with that mindset and putting the work in so that it feels easier, even though, you know, that like the one
0: thing that's guaranteed, is that it's only going to get fucking harder. It's only going to get more complicated, more challenging. I mean, all of, all of the things, right. I, uh, I wanted to share this one. I sent this over to you from the newsletter and I definitely want to talk about, uh, you know, last week before I delete, we, you know before my computer broke, we talked about <laughs> getting my brown belt, which I, I do want to talk about. I also, I think we talked about the fact that we were going camping. I want to share with you a quick story about that too. But, but before we get there,
1: I saw the pictures you posted and I, whenever I see you and Kaden do a lot of things now, like I immediately envision like me and Shay do it. And I get so fucking excited. Just saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this one from Ryan, I just, I loved this part on the newsletter. I just I, I, I want to get back to the podcast, but if you're sending a newsletter, if you're getting the newsletter, email us back. This one's great. He goes, basically we asked like, Hey, this is your first accountability check-in. He writes back. I want to be a beast. I want, um, to keep my kids to look at me and say, I was the hardest working man they ever knew and everything I touched. Let's go dude. that's what he wrote. And I was like, yeah, man, I like that when I forwarded that one to you, I was like, dude, that one's sick. Um, but back to the art the, sweet to the point. I love it. Dude, back to the hardest, uh, you know, being the hardest working guy in the room, right? Is uh this idea of a brown belt. So we this was a couple weeks ago, actually, now because of where we're recording this, but I got my brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. For those of you who don't know, um uh Brazilian jujitsu, it, it's it's unlike many other martial arts where getting a black belt typically takes about 10 to 15 years, it just depends on the individual. And for me, uh, the, the belts, there's five belts. There's white, blue, purple, brown, black. And so I'm one belt away from that black belt. And I was out purple belt for five years. So I, it's been an eight-year journey to get to my brown belt. And I, I, the reason why I bring that up on this podcast is because I'm, I'm getting some responses from people who said, oh, you got your CrossFit level four, that's cool. Or you're doing this, you're doing that. To me, it's always like chasing down goals and trying to achieve them. And the black belt's definitely one that I, I'm in it for life on like, I'm going to continue to do jujitsu for as long as I possibly can. And the Brown belt is a step in that journey. And I think that when you look at your life in each factor, business, family, fitness, whatever, setting up pillars or goals, I think is really important because it keeps you on target, at least for me, some people aren't like that, but for me, I am. And so to feel like my work was, um, acknowledged by someone else and, I getting the brown belt. I thought that was really cool. And the last thing I want to say on this, or we could talk about it more, is that I had a, I had someone. I put up q and A, a Q&A tab on Instagram, and I said, "Hey, what kind of questions do you have about jujitsu?" And one person said, "Hey, I just got my blue belt, and I feel like an imposter syndrome because I don't feel like I'm a, I'm a blue belt or whatever it was." And I think that that's normal to feel that way. And the advice I'd give to this individual who asked, and what I want to share on this podcast is that at times we feel like imposters, and I was giving this speech years ago in Greece for an AMRAP mentality talk, which I ended up writing a book called As Many Reps As Possible. I'll never forget. I'm walking in a room of executives. It was like 70 or 100 executives. And someone I knew had hired me, a good friend of mine, but also a business mentor, hired me to come speak to them. And I remember going out there and being like, dude, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel ready. I, I, why should I be speaking in front of these guys? What gives me the right? And the guy's like, look, this is my event. I believe you could add a ton of value. And for that reason alone, you're qualified. And sometimes you need someone else to anoint you and say, hey, you deserve this thing. The brown belt, the purple belt, the blue belt, or in this case, speaking in front of a group. And sometimes that's all is needed. And so in my particular case, I got to stop feeling like an imposter and recognize that a third party unbiased guy, my instructor felt like I deserved it. And for that, I'm grateful. And now I just need to live up to that expectation.
1: I think that last piece is key, like living up to the expectation. Um, you know, I feel like imposter syndrome, like you said, is supernatural. And the worst thing you can do is let that like deer in headlights paralyze you and not let you show up to now the fullest potential of whatever, you know, title position, like thing that you've been given that's making you feel this way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting out of your own way, I think, is is super important, something we talk a lot about, and um, it's easier said than done, but I think that that's what sets people apart from being able to really step in the shoes of whatever it is, having a brown belt, giving a huge speech in front of people, like, you know, there's a reason you're there and, like, you need to believe that first, because if you go up there and you believe it, everyone else will. If you go out there and you're like, man, I don't know if I should be there,
0: like, people will sense that right away, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the idea of earned confidence too. You know, going into the CrossFit games, you want to earn your confidence by training, but you want to earn your confidence, whatever you're doing. You know, for me at a Brown belt, dude, first off, it's very clear to me, there's levels to this game. So I just want to make sure that I acknowledge this. It's like CrossFit. It's like being in your gym and being the best guy in the gym and then trying to go to regionals of the CrossFit games and saying that you compare, like it's totally different. So being the best brown belt or black belt or purple belt or blue belt at a gym compared to like a competitor type gym or, or these pro level it's night and day. Like you could have a purple belt. Who's a pro jiu athlete who will mop the floor with most black belts at any gym in the world. It's just, there's, there's levels to this game from being a pro to being an amateur brown belt. But in either case, you have to earn your confidence by day in and day out, going out there, putting in the hard work, learning new skills. And that should give you the confidence to feel like you deserve that belt. And then other people acknowledge it as well. And that goes the same way, whether you're CEO of a company or a manager of a company, someone, you know, felt like you were qualified enough. And I think that that's important. Um, but if you don't believe it, no matter what people say to you, it's not going to work. You know, We had someone uh, recently, actually, this situation came up where, you know, I felt like this individual was a leader. I felt like this person was qualified and I felt like this person was making an impact. But I can only tell them as much as I can. Ultimately, they need to realize that for themselves. And I'd encourage anybody listening where if you're in a a situation of leadership, if you're in a situation of management, you know, take a hard look and recognize like no one just gave you that position. You had to earn it. And for that reason alone, you should feel qualified. There's a lot you could dig into that one, but yeah. You're on a mute or something, buddy, but you still look handsome. Damn, rookie move. Um... Yeah there's there's a lot of places
1: we can take that and the the last bit that you shared <clears throat> there was a note that I made and and I want to bring this up and I really want to talk about it but you know I want to be sensitive to you know who it is that that we're talking about but it the note that I made is is how you think about raising girls because what I specifically like you know took out of of that situation is it's very difficult or or there's just there's a difference right in careers and in leadership teams and in kind of like, you know, high positions for women and men. There just is. And especially, I feel like if it's a group of majority men and one woman, two women, whatever it is. And how do you instill the the, the confidence, like with Ava now getting a little older, to where if she does want to, you know, pursue a career that's very male dominant to have not have that imposter syndrome or not feel like she doesn't belong. Because I feel like that's so much more likely when you're just surrounded by men and, you know, possibly just naturally are going to feel like, hey, do I belong here? Because you look around and you're like, hey, like I'm the only girl in the room. Um, You know, that that was something that I thought a lot about, especially now that, you know, we're going to have a girl and I've been thinking a lot about like all the differences that, you know, I have to think about from, you know, what I've read and what I've thought about with raising Shay versus, you know, the, the girl that we're going to have. So I was curious your thoughts there. Cause you know, Ava's obviously the oldest and you've been <sighs> a girl dad longer than you've been a boy dad. Yeah, um, And I think that that, that is something that I, I, I had never really thought about, like you kind of hear about the challenges of, you know, being a woman in the workplace. But I think that the example that you brought up was just kind of, it it became very real because like, you know, you saw it. Um, so I don't know how you facilitate that as, as a parent.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the particular case we're talking, yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I think that I, I, I see it almost two ways, right? On the one way, you don't draw attention to it. On the other way, you lean into it. I, it's like almost like two different thoughts. So on the one way, you like with Ava, like you let her know from a very young age, you could do anything you want, whenever you want. You are the most, you know, you are capable of anything in this world if you set your mind to it and you work hard. Anything, doesn't matter. You could be the, you know, first woman president to, uh, you know, uh, an emergency medical doctor, whatever you want, you have the capability, you have the resources. It's really gonna come down to one thing, which is your desire and your hard work. So that's one path. Another path is like, Hey, look, this world is going to have certain, uh, uh, certain, uh, expectations or certain things that are going to layer in, right. There's going to be certain, uh, roles that have been adapted over many, many years. And there's going to be some hurdles you're going to have to overcome. Let me talk to you about what those are in the workplace or whatever. And you draw more attention to, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, I think that being real about certain things, like I've had to be real with Ava from a physical perspective we haven't really been talking too much about the workplace. I'm sure that'll come up more, but from a physical perspective, I let her know like, look, you have an unfair disadvantage to a man. You do like you weigh right now. Ava weighs 95 pounds. I weigh 212 pounds. I will, I will always control her. Right. And I've, I've tried to instill that at a young age in her, that a man is going to have more physical strength. And so you need to, you need to act, you need to act aggressively, you need to act immediately and you need to make sure that there is a difference because it's just the way it is. And if a man wants to walk down an alley or Caden him by himself at night, that's one thing. If you want to, it's different. And I'm sorry, it's just it's it's different. But we haven't been talking so much on the workplace. So I don't know. That's an interesting conversation. I think maybe we could layer that in, in the future. Um, but I don't want to I don't know how much attention to draw to it because I have seen, and especially lately, You know, there are a lot of women that are, that are dominating in certain ways, but it is a different type of workplace. If you have a masculine energy versus whatever, it's a good question. Something to think about. And
1: so many of these things, so many of these things are like good questions
0: that you're just going to have to fucking figure it out. Like you just are right. Um, and you're never going to, you're not going to get it perfect. Like Ash and I were working through some stuff with Ava right now. And the other day we did something and, you know, Ash and I, we came home. We're like, Hey, uh. That, that wasn't, that wasn't the right move that we shouldn't have done that. And we, but the, the heart of what we were trying to do was in the right place, but we had to recognize as parents, like, Hey, that was, that was a miss. That was not good. What we did. We need to, we need to fix that and not do that ever again. And so it was just through communication, um, you know, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give you the example. This is a real, this real example. Right now we're working with Avon some particular things in regards to food. And I think it's going to continue to be a concern for a very long time. And we're working on it. Ashley and I were trying to, in this place where um, Ava has this thing in her mind that certain carbohydrates are like going to make her fat. And we're working on it in a variety of different ways, but Ash and I, we got frustrated and we're like, Hey, look, give me, give us your favorite thing that you don't, that you think is going to make you fat and whatever. And we're going to go pick it up and we need you to eat it. So essentially we went and picked her up a croissant and we long story short, almost like forced her to eat it. And it wasn't the right move. It it just, it wasn't right. It was, um, it wasn't, it it just wasn't the right move. And as we went through that process, like Ash and I, we thought at one moment, maybe it was the right way to kind of draw attention to it. Like, look, you could eat this and tomorrow you're not gonna be fat or whatever, but it just was a miss. And as parents, we had to sit back and be like, dude, that was not good. We'll never do that again. And I'm sure we're going to have plenty of those moments moving forward, (laughs) but that was real life one that just happened, you know,
1: you guys having like the, the self-awareness to have that like conversation after, and, and also be open to like a, the two of you are on the same team. So, you know, whoever's like idea it was or whatever, a, it sounds like you guys came to the decision together and then like, you know, realized that it wasn't the right move together. And I think that that's one of the things that's, that's super important um, it's funny. It, it, so we had a bunch of weddings. I think I told you this. We had a bunch of weddings a little while back that we traveled for. And one of them, um, Ariel was the maid of honor. I think they called it something else, but she was essentially the maid of honor and she gave a speech and she was thinking a lot about what you wanted to say and whatever. And one of the things she said is that no matter like what argument you have or, what disagreement you have, like always remembering that the two of you are on the same team is something that she's like learned and, and, you know, takes, and me hearing that damn dude, like I am so freaking lucky. And it sounds like you are too, from everything that I know about Ashley and how you guys go about doing things, because to be kind of on the same page about decisions, even when you get it wrong and then be able to like debrief and figure out like, Hey, we're not going to do that. And always having what seems like, you know, the best intention, even when you get it wrong, right or wrong, um, I think is so powerful. And it's so important because I'm sure that, you know, there are times when you guys butt heads and disagree about stuff. But if you always come to those conversations, knowing that the two of you are on the same team, I think that it makes conflict resolution so much easier and just like allows you to understand that. Hey, even if we're like, Hey, I think, A, you think B, and we both feel very strongly about this. The reason we feel very strongly about it is because we're trying to get to the same exact place. Yeah. We just disagree about how to get there. And that I think makes it so much easier to hear them out, compromise, um, not get hot headed, not get like, not take it personally. Like, Oh, she thinks B and I think a, and she's literally doing it to like prove me wrong. Like eliminating that completely because Hey, at the end of the day, like we're going after the same exact goal all the time.
0: Yep. Dude, I think it's, it's like in business, I believe, or in just in life, I believe that people want to be good at what they do. I I believe that inherently, I believe that they want to be successful. They want to thrive. I believe that as parents, they want to do good stuff. And if you're aligned on like the expectation, like, Hey, we want to make capable humans. We want to make, uh, you know, uh, young men and women that are you know, at, at advancing society and supporting others and a benefit to their community. That's like really important as a core value that we want these children to grow up and be to quote unquote a force to be reckoned with. Someone who you look at, you're like, wow, that person is diligent, hardworking, kind, caring, loving, all the things we care about. Well, if we're both aligned on that, like, dude, we share the same vision of success. It's like being on a team in business. We might not always agree on the decision. But if we know that we're always trying to seek the same thing, at least we know we're 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 aligned on our expectation of what success looks like. We might just disagree on the path to getting there, but that at least leads to a conversation, you know. Um, and and Gabe, like I'll be honest, more times than not with Ash and I, and maybe it's because we met so young, uh, or maybe it's because we're so aligned on that goal. It's it's never really like an issue, you know, because we're aligned on on the end state, and so. We could have good discussions on what that looks like and then pivot as necessary because the end state's already so clear to both of us. But if you don't know what that is, it's going to be tough to parent because you have different expectations of what that is, you know, and, and, so and man. through it, you know, talking through it and then, and then learning. So like, I'll give you an example, Caden, I'm starting to see a real desire for football, like way more than it was before I'm talking like it's escalated tenfold in the last six months. Where what he, happened to baseball? What happened to being oh, the next like, starting catcher on the New York and Gi- San Francisco oh, Giants? No, that's still happening all the time. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, every day he plays baseball, but he wants to like <laughs> tackle me all the time. He wants to like, he's like, he's like watching videos of Nick Posa <laughs> from 49ers. He's like so bought in on it. And so originally, Ash and I, I could, were going to get him into football seventh and eighth grade. But maybe we need to pivot that because he's so like engaged on it that we need to expose them to it at fifth grade. So like, these are the things we just got to have conversations on because we had a plan. Now we're seeing that might need to shift and and go from there. But, you know, to your point, oh, he's still all in on on, on baseball too. Oh yeah, all in, all in, all in on both of those uh, all the time. I, uh, yeah, anyways, that's, I got to talk to you about camping too. Yeah, let's talk about, well, before, just because
1: you mentioned baseball, did you, you hear about this Shohei Ohtani deal? Like, we're going to go completely left it, field here. Was it 700,
0: very, 700 million? 10 years, 700 million. Yeah. Bro, that is, you, so Caden's a big Shohei Ohtani fan, and so we did some research on him coming in from Japan and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, his background and stuff like that. Um, but, dude, that's a lot of money. But you know what's unique think <laughs> about him? Correct me if I'm wrong. He's, like, one of the very few pitchers who's also a great hitter, Right. That's yeah. That's the whole thing.
1: The whole thing that like has made him. Because the crazy thing about this contract is like the previous like biggest contract ever signed by a baseball player was in the I believe three hundred millions for ten years. So he like he doubled it. But the reason is he's like he's world class. No one is pitchers don't even hit anymore. Like they they got rid of that. It's just the DH now. So pitchers don't even do that because they have to be specialists to be good pitchers. He's an incredibly talented pitcher, like top of the game. And then he led, I'm pretty sure he finished leading the entire league in home runs at the same time. Like it is unheard of for that to be the case, like unheard of the guy can like strike out
0: pro baseball players and will hit a home run off of you. It's, it's insane. Dude, I'm trying to remember his story. I think if I'm not mistaken, he was playing through Japan. Then he had like an opportunity. I can't remember exactly what happened. Like, do you know his background? It was like, he played in like a japanese league and then he got drafted or something happened uh he had a pick between going to the united states or staying in japan or something like that
1: yeah yeah so
0: i broad strokes. i know that he made a decision
1: that essentially lost him a lot of money because yes. yeah. what most players do is they play in the japanese league for a certain amount of time, maximize how much they can earn there, and then they come to the US. He came to the US very early, and the reason that he lost a lot of money doing that is because, this is kind of messed up, but when you're, quote unquote, a rookie in the major leagues, all you make is the like the major league minimum for a certain amount of years that the club has you under club control before you can actually be a free agent and go out, test the market, and see how much you earn. So there's a lot of players that are really, really good that don't make as much as they should because they're still under, I forget how many years it is of like team control. So he gave up making a lot of money in Japan to come be a rookie here in the U S knowing he was going to make the minimum essentially betting on himself, right? Like, Hey, I'm going to be good enough that it doesn't matter because I'll get paid on the back end and kind of take a chance to not get that guaranteed money being super successful in a star in Japan. So that was kind, I, I think that's what you're talking about. That's the one thing that made him unique the other crazy thing that made this unique, without turning this podcast into a whole baseball episode, is he defer. he's deferring, so he's earning $70 million per year. He's deferring 68 million of those 70 to after his contract is over so that the Dodgers only have to pay $2 million a year for these 10 years, and they can get more good players to bring a championship to LA. So he oh, signed this I big deal. That. I didn't yeah, know so that. He, he signed this huge deal, but he didn't want to like hamstring the team's ability to bring other good players because he wants to win a championship. And it's like unheard of for him to defer that much money. So he's
0: going to be making like 2 million bucks a year. That's it. Yeah. He, what he probably says to himself is, bro, he he needs, let's just say he needs 2 million a year to live off of, right? Plus he's already made other money and he has endorsements and whatever He else. makes
1: He makes 50 million a year on endorsements alone.
0: Yeah. So dude, I mean, bro, how much money do you need to live off of if your goal is to be great and to win championships? I mean, I'd like to say I would do the same thing. Uh I, I don't know, you know, but that's a that's a dude, that's he's a competitor. Like hasn't LeBron and other people done something similar? I, I can't remember exactly, but like no one, no one to this level.
1: There's yeah. been some deferred money, of course. Um, but you know, the the clear reason you wouldn't want to do that is you know, like inflation is very real right now. Like those 68 million, cause it's 68 million. It's not, there's no interest the way he structured it. There's no, like, you know, none of that. It's going to be theoretically worth less. So there's a lot of reasons why as a player, you wouldn't want to do it, but dude, the guy's trying to win championships. So oh, if that's what's, if that's, what's important to you. And again, like, it's not like he's like struggling over here, you know, he's making no. plenty of money. So, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a cool story and um, it's always cool to see people in sports, uh, you know, do things a little bit differently and makes you want to cheer for the guy. So, um, yeah, it was just cool. And I I thought it was worth bringing up
0: and I'm I'm glad Caden's a fan. Oh, dude, he's a huge fan. He watches, uh, he watches like these YouTubes of like him and like Shohei Otani, the other, the, the, there's a few guys, right? But now he's got, he goes back and forth between watching like the best football plays ever and the best baseball plays ever on, on YouTube in the morning before he goes to school. That's like the only time he gets, <laughs> like, uh,
1: he's like eating breakfast and getting fired up watching like, like pro football players ready to run through a brick wall. That oh is exactly,
0: God. I'm going to send you a video because ah. that is exactly what happens <laughs> in the morning. Because after that, he doesn't get to do it. Um, oh, that is I, so fantastic. Bro, so I took him camping in Santa Cruz last week. And uh, I actually did a coffee clip on this because I the coffee the clip title is like, don't let perfection get in the way of good or something like that. We might've titled it something different. But the theory was, is that I think that at times, oh, I'll give you another example. Yesterday, I tried to go get a, a bow uh, late at night, I wanted to get this um, compound bow for Caden that my dad bought him. I wanted to go get it like sized up. I happen to have a friend who could help me out. And I don't know much about archery, um, but not allowing perfection to get in the way of good shouldn't stop your ability to go expose yourself to new things. And and so the basically the Kafka Klee was like, look, if you want to go try new things, you, you, name the thing, right? your first experience will never be perfect, right? It, but don't allow that to get in the way of it being good. And frankly, perfection might actually make it less good. So here's what I mean, camping wise. I mean, it's not like we've never gone camping I and mean, we go, we've gone camping a bunch. It's just this time around, I was like, look, dude, we're just gonna plan like two days in advance. Boom, we're gonna jump in the truck. We're just gonna make it super simple. Well, I've, I forgot a lot of stuff. Like the tent we had was not good for how cold it was. I mean, bro, it was, it was so cold, and we're on the coast. Just, just dude, coming where, in. Where, where did you end up going? Santa Cruz, but bro, it was so cold, dude. Oh my god, because the the water came in, and I had like the tent that had like the cover on it, but it did not help the dew and much. And so it was just freezing. Like we were up, you know, some of the night or whatever. But the reason why I did this, clipa is that. No, we didn't have the right tent. No, we didn't have the warm electric blankets. Uh, we didn't we forgot utensils. We had no forks, we had no spatula, we had nothing to make food with. We went to Whole Foods and all I had was the origin half-face blades knife, which was badass, by the way, and a cast iron skillet. And so, look, we just made it work. We cooked stuff on the fire, we, we, we used the knife, we used our hands, like it was fine. Um, But there were certain things that were not perfect about it. Like we didn't have all the essentials we needed from a camping perspective. We had some stuff, but that's what made it interesting, right? In the middle of the night, when we both wake up, we're like, bro, it's cold as hell. Like, okay, we, that made us appreciate when the sun came up in the morning more, or the fact that, you know, we didn't catch any fish or whatever it was. It's like, dude, it doesn't matter. It's all about just the experience and the fact that like those shitty things that we went through just helped us to overcome adversity to have conversations about it later all of the things right like we get back and kate is like bro we didn't have you know telling people like dad didn't pack any not uh you know forks and we had to use our hands it's just like that's the point i'm trying to make is that if i had overthought it and spent all this time trying to make sure that it was perfect i probably would have never even have gone and so I'm glad that it wasn't perfect because at least we went out and did it. And now next time we could remind ourselves, hey, we better make sure we bring a spatula whatever it is.
1: Man, I love that. And the picture, the the, the two pictures you posted, the one where like Caden standing by the, the the cast iron grill and and cooking, uh, he looks pumped to be there, man. And it's it's cool too, because I think that there's an aspect to camping specifically where you're not supposed to have like all the comforts. Like that's kind of the whole point. That is, you know, like if you're a quote unquote going camping and, you know, you're doing it in, you know, one of those like huge rigs with pullouts and, you know, you got like a living room that's bigger than most people's living room. And, you know, you got like the, the Traeger grill and, you know, you're making like awesome food, like that's an experience and it could be really fun, but man, like my memories of camping with my parents, like that's what made it so fun. Like what made it so fun is literally you were like, you know, on a tent. And if you rolled over the right, wrong way, you were like, Oh, there's like a rock, like right under your shoulder blade. But I don't know. That's what made it fun. You know, like that's, it, it was realizing that you don't need to have all the comforts to have like a really good time because of the people you're with because of the time you're spending because of like the little things that do go right that feel so good because everything else is kind of she- like like the 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 sun coming up you know like exactly. usually you live in that California felt, yeah that's beautiful all the time right but you you take it for granted but yeah. when you spend the whole night in a cold tent
0: and the sun comes up and it hits your face you're like dude dude funny and you have to go through those tough things to like experience the better things right like which is a great analogy for life. Bro so yeah I, I'm I'm glad we did it uh we'll be doing it again uh, you know, sometimes I worry we're trying to do too much because <laughs> like, we get camping and then now we just got him a new bow and it's like, fuck, you know, there's always something, but it's, it's a good thing, man. I just, it gives us something to, um, you know, strive for, learn and, and, and continue to grow from. Um, and now I just need to make sure that I'm balancing that with the things that Ava needs, right? Like, you know, I, I think it's really easy as a parent to lean into the things that like excite you uh, with your kids, but you know, I have to be cognizant of the fact that I might not like to bake or play volleyball or do other things like Ava might like to do, but I need to make sure I'm prioritizing that. Not just our morning workouts. I got to be doing more, uh, more meaningful things is, is a takeaway for me. Cause there's no way that she'll want to go camping. So maybe instead I'll like, you know, book a fancy hotel or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> she won't want to go camping, dude.
1: That's great. But Hey man, fancy hotel sounds really nice.
0: Yeah, it does. But yeah, the, 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 camping thing, you know, I wouldn't, I, you know, it was interesting. It's, it's funny. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. So i the, the day before when we leave, I told Kate, I was like, look, man, I have to get in the water. Like, I'm I'm just letting you know, I have to get in the water before we leave. It's just a thing. Because where we stayed at was new Brighton beach in Santa Cruz. And I used to go there with Chris Hinshaw and um, Garrett. And we used to swim there in the mornings. And so I had a lot of really fond memories of swimming there. And like, it was really rough times. Like we would, we'd swim a lot. And uh, so I was like, all right, I got to go in. I got to plunge. So I'm down there. I'm like, all right, Caden, I'm going to start taking off my shirt. I'm going to take off my jacket. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to go in the water. I'm going to sit there for like three to five minutes. Just chill out here. Or if you want to come in with me, great. And then we're going to walk out. So I go down, we're about to leave. And I take off my shirt, take off my jacket. I'm like five feet from the ocean. And I just want to kind of keep going. And then this uh, woman, she's like, hey, Jason. I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, what's going on? And so it was one of our original members at CrossFit Santa Clara. Her name is Suzanne, a long time ago. And it, we had a great conversation, dude. She, um, she got off the path during COVID and she ended up tearing her ACL, doing just like a normal, she was like playing a game and just doing something super simple and tore her ACL and to her point, she said this, not me, was that she was missing the strength in her body to support all of these ligaments and joints. And it just boom. And so she wanted to get back on the path. And so we started talking about that and getting back to our gym in Mountain View. But it just so happened. It's just so funny how like life has these times where like sometimes it just like, like for her, she, she didn't expect to see me there, but maybe that was a sign that she needed to get back in the gym. And here I am just walking into the ocean. I still got into the ocean. Don't worry. But that was the sign that came up. And I just thought I'd share that with you. Is because sometimes life throws you signs and you got to be able to listen to them.
1: I thought where that story was going was that some lady started talking to you and completely like ruined the momentum and mojo you had going in. And then you were like, I'm not doing this.
0: Oh no, come on. <laughs> but I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah. It, no, she actually sent me the video of me doing it. Uh uh, but anyways, yeah. So that, that's just a testament to sometimes life throws you those those moments. You got to be open to them. And you know. And also it's a good, um, example for me that I, I needed to not let her feel like the ocean was more of a priority than she was like for her. It was a big, it was a big thing to see me. We haven't seen each other in years. She was very impactful on my life in terms of like teaching me how to adapt to a different age group. And, and like what I put myself in check with as soon as she kind of like hurt that momentum was like, look this is a priority now. I need to address this. I want to talk to her. I don't want her to feel like she's whatever. And then I'll go in the ocean. But you know, what wouldn't have been cool is like, dude, I haven't seen her in years and be like, Oh, hang, you know, Hey, I got it. I got this thing. It's like, sometimes you got to pivot. And I think that she would have remembered either way. And that's something that we need to reflect on. Like people remember how they get treated in those type of moments. Yeah. You could have easily just been kind of like
1: dismissive short answers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see, you, like, clearly, like, given the the kind of body language of, like, I was about to go in the water. Like, you could have easily done that. And, yeah, to your point, man, that would have been a, a lost opportunity to have a hopefully very positive impact on on her. She ends up coming back. She ends up getting that strength back. She ends up, like, you know, like... She had an injury that maybe put her in a place where like, man, like, am I going to be able to work out the way I used to again? Now she's back in our gym. She's back with our coaches. They're taking good care of her, you know, fast forward a year, a year and a half from now and stumbling on to you on the beach might've been a really, really positive thing for her. So I, that's a really, really good reminder. Cause I do think that sometimes we get so caught up in our own shit that we lose the foresight of like, you know
0: the impact we can have on the people around us. If we just give them the time of day. Yeah, man. And so my goal is, uh, you know, she's one workout away from being back on the path. And I hope that my interaction, you know, if, if, if people listen to this podcast, myself included, if they really take pride in the fact that they want to spread health and fitness, they want to help people reach their potential physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. When an opportunity like that arises, you have to take advantage of it and, you have to fulfill your commitment and not just talk about it, but be about it, right? Like if there's an opportunity to make an impact, dude, take your time, take the time and, and make the impact. And I hope that she does. And I, I hope others listening to this can take something away from that and be able to impart that on other people around them. Speaking of which deaf reset, bro. Really quick though. Cause it, it kind
1: of re- reminded me of something that like I can be a lot better at than I'm actually really bad at. And it's, it, it's a little embarrassing, but I'll, I'll admit it. I'm, Dude, when like, especially like on weekends when I'm like, you know, with the family and I'm like running errands, like, dude, I I feel like I talk to a lot of people and connect and like, I'm constantly talking about this stuff during the week that it's like, it's a lot for me to like put that out there on weekends. And the one thing that happens to us a lot is at the grocery store. Especially because, like, you know, we live in Seguin, like, you know, it's not like it's a little different than not a little, it's a lot different than California. But one of the differences being that, like, not everyone here is like super health conscious, diet conscious, whatever. Right. So sometimes when we're at the grocery store and we're checking out and people, like, you know, are kind of seeing all the stuff that we're buying, they tend to start asking Ariel and I questions about, like, oh, do you like this thing or whatever? Clearly opening up to what could be a good conversation about, like, why we buy the things that we buy or whatever. And I'm always like, dude, I'm just not trying to have a conversation at the grocery store checkout line. And I tend to be like short answers like, yeah, like it. Thanks. And I think that as you were saying that, that's somewhere where I think I can be a lot better of giving people the time because they're, they're opening up to possibly looking at me and Ariel being like, they look pretty healthy and fit. This is the food that they're buying. Like they're starting a conversation because they, you know, probably want to get something out of that. And I think that that's somewhere where I can be a lot better about doing what you just said, which is just giving people a little bit of time because they're opening up. Right. Um, and it, it it happens to us. We, it's a running joke because it happens to us a lot. Like people talk to us very often about what we're buying at the grocery store, which is funny because to us, it's not like we're buying anything crazy. We're just like, it's a lot of vegetables, it's a lot of protein, you know, some like protein bars, like, you know, protein shakes to have super like, you know, accessible um, and people tend to bring it up more times than not. So
0: anyway, I appreciate the reminder because I think I can be better at that in those situations. Yeah. And you don't know how long that person's been thinking about it or debating about it. You know, I would mm-hmm. think about that. Like, dude, you might, cause you know, especially in, in my town now, because these train hard men's club and all these different things we're doing, like Dude, I was at a, you know, I'm at a restaurant and someone will come up, Hey, I heard you're doing these things. It's like, you know, talking to them for a few minutes can make a difference between them getting on the path or them like, just kind of like not And So, you know, I think there's a responsibility there to try and make an impact if that's truly what you want to do with your life. And I think that the more and more I dive into this stuff, I do, which is why we have the newsletter and everything else we're doing. Uh, Speaking of the, something else we're doing, this podcast is going to go out, um, if you're not signed up for the newsletter, make sure you do that. But in addition, starting January 1st, we're doing the Def Reset. We're honored to be a partner with uh, Jocko Willick, uh, you know, Leif and a bunch of other guys from Echelon Front, Jocko Fuel, and us are basically collaborating to bring you um, a 30-day challenge where there's a variety of different components to it, but the key component is signing up. Once you sign up, you'll get emails, you'll get new, you know, you'll get uh all kinds of stuff to jumpstart your year. And that could be, you know, getting up before the end, you know, you know, Jocko has it all listed out of the things that he finds important. Uh, Train hard is providing the workouts. We filmed them all. There's a daily workout. There's videos associated with it. It's pretty badass. It's a nice way to like commit to something and get after it. And then the goal would be after you finish this 30 days of death or even before, to download the train hard app that's going to be available. So you can do additional workouts. The ones we put out there were part of our EMOM program, but we have a slew of other programs that are available, including force and flex that are badass. So make sure to check out the deaf reset. We'll make sure to put the um, link in the podcast show notes. And
1: what I love about like the, the, the thinking behind the uh, So discipline, discipline equals freedom reset. And why I'm super pumped that we're participating in it is you know, in the video of Jocko getting people fired up for this, you know, he says, was this past year, like not ideal? You know, you didn't do the best or, or like, did you have the best year yet? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, this is your chance to like reset, start at zero and like, you know, clean slate regardless. And I like that idea because for me, I think I've had a pretty good year. Like looking back on it, like I'm happy with what I've done. I'm happy with where I am. I think that I've progressed in many areas. I think I can improve many areas. You said it just like him, by the way, right now. Like, Hey,
0: you had a pretty good year, huh? You just said it just like the way he did the video. Well, I'm glad.
1: (laughs) Um, But that really resonated with me because sometimes when I see these challenges and I'm, some people might resonate with this, you know, you've kind of done this stuff. Like you've done a paleo challenge, you've done 75 hard, whatever it is. And sometimes you feel like, you know, you're at a place where you're like, you know, you're doing pretty good. so like. I don't need to do something like that again. And I liked the messaging that he had and got me fired up and it got me excited to do something really hard in January and, and, and participate in this because like, it doesn't matter. Like 2024 is a new year. And if I want to continue growing and make whatever progress I've made in 2023, like seems small compared to the progress that I make in 2024, I kind of do have to have that mentality of like, okay, that, that was great. Got some good wins feel really good about like what I did as my first year as a father and like, you know, everything we've done with train hard in this podcast, like there's so many things that I can list out that I am genuinely so proud of and so happy about, but like, boom, 2024 doesn't matter. Like, what am I going to do this year to like make seem small the wins that I had in 2023. And that's what we should all be trying to do. Like, sure. If you had a shitty year, then that's obvious, right? Like if you feel like you came up short, feel like, you know, you let yourself go, whatever, then that's pretty self-explanatory. Like, okay, reset. I can do better this year. But I think there's an even more opportunity if you're like, Hey man, like I rocked and rolled in 2023. Great. Put that behind you. What are you going to do now in 2024? And I, I, that's what I loved about his video and like the mantra behind this challenge. And I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm going to be participating in it. And I was going to, man, dude. So I'm gonna try. Cause here's another thing. I don't know if you wanted to say something. And then I I, I
0: wanted no, to no, tell I just, you what I just think I just love the way he's like, so you had a pretty good year. Hmm? Oh yeah. You had a shitty year. Hmm? It doesn't matter. Like I just <laughs> I love the way he just like dude. Oh my gosh. We should uh we should link that video too. Like if you haven't seen this video online, it's just so good the way he's he says it. Um, anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, he, he gets you fired up. But then the other thing I was thinking about as like, obviously
1: I'm going to do this. And a lot of the habits that he has, and I think this is important for people that have been, you know, kind of like, you know, doing this kind of stuff for a while and feel like, you know, like I work out, like I don't need a bunch of junk food. Like I wake up early. Sometimes participating in this stuff is it's great regardless, but I think you have to like, really take a look in the mirror and be like, is this really challenging me? Cause that's the goal, right? The goal is to like, do something in the beginning of the year. That's like, this is hard. Like this is going to be tough for 31 days. And I feel like for people like me and you and probably a bunch of people listening, like, you know, do you really have to like clean up your diet a whole bunch? Do you have to train every day? Like, that's not going to be challenging for me. Like I, I love working out. So I wanted to find something that I'm like, even a little bit like scared and nervous to commit to. Cause I think that that's the goal behind doing something like this at the beginning of the year, like using all that momentum and all that, like, you know, motivation to like do something that like, man, can I really do that? So I'm going to try and every morning, every morning, all of January, first thing hey, I do, if you say cold plunge, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> first thing I do in the morning, I'm going to roll out of bed at like, usually, you know, anywhere between five, five 30, open the door that is literally right next to where I sleep. And get into the cold plunge Stop every it. morning, like Stop first it. thing.
0: Stop it! You're, dude. That's ludicrous. That's crazy. This.
1: I know. It's terrifying. And I'll, I'll post Stop. it on social media.
0: More do you have so a cover that, like, over your? You have a. Oh yeah, you have a cover over it.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it, it's covered. So yeah. like, if it's raining and stuff, I'll, I'll I'll be I won't have an excuse not to do it. But man, Uh Anyway, oh, man. but I've been reading some of the benefits of doing it pre-workout, and I'm curious oh. about that. I know that it's supposed to be better to do it early in the morning than like later at the day. But man, going from like the warm blankets to the cold plunge. Ooh. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm committing to doing it. And if if I end up like not being able to do it, like I'll share that too. Um but January, Uh every morning,
0: first thing. Do so post I'll post it on my story so you guys can keep me accountable. Bro, that's going to be rough. The reason why I'm saying that is because um, Ava and I go in the garage at 6 a.m. And then I normally mobilize whatever she works out. And then she goes in the cold plunge at like 6.20. And bro, even me just like holding her towel for her while she's doing it <laughs> makes me cold. I can't even get myself to even like mentally prepare Did for you that. Do it. But like later in the day. Cause it's been cold here in California. You know, we're, we're, we're struggling over, you know, with those, those 50 degree weathers or whatever. My God. That. <laughs> um, dude, that's a, that's a strong commitment right there. I think you're talking yourself into doing it. No, no, no. I think I'm talking myself into doing the sauna in the morning. For 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do cold. You do hot. Yeah. And we'll report back. Oh <laughs> <I'll>, yeah. I'll, <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, I got, I got to put some more thought into that. Uh, woo. Oh boy, Gabe, that's a, that's a big commitment right there that you just said. Wow. I like it though. I like it. it. Is. Well, Hey, I know we got to get on with our day. I know everybody listening has got to get on with their day. Make sure to pro- check out the podcast show notes for a deaf reset B to sign up for the newsletter. So you can engage with us, send out your questions and, and especially for our Yeti question of the week. Make sure to check out the Coffee for Kalipas. This podcast, we put out three episodes a week. If you're missing them, go back, check them out. Gabe and I put a lot of time and attention to this. Always appreciate your feedback. If you can leave us a rating and review. But most importantly, I hope you and your family, you train hard getting after it and you're living that good life. Hope you guys have a great day.